So we are well, well into our season of Lent. And with that, our season on standing, uh, as we've looked through different aspects in this present sermon series. We've looked at, trying on Ash Wednesday, looked at standing in confession and how that's so important because without standing in confession, we can't move forward into repentance. And then we've seen how standing in the Word is of vital importance for us as disciples. Because if we don't stand in the Word, we actively choose to not follow God and to follow His words. See, we need to take either all of it on board or we count it all as worthless. Can't cherry-pick pieces out. It's all or nothing. And then last week, we looked at standing in faith and what that means. Proclaiming to have faith in the triune God is a commitment to follow God's words, to live a life which jumps into the promises that he has made. And today we get to pick up our next characteristic, our next um, practice of a disciple as we look at standing in prayer. And we've just spent a whole series on looking at prayer uh, before Lent, looking at the Lord's Prayer, the perfect prayer which Jesus gave us. And this week's um, devotions through the Lenten devotional will concentrate on those different petitions again. Um, anyone who hasn't managed to pick up a Lenten devotional, you can still do so easily off the, off the website or through an email newsletter. Simple click on the link, get you an ebook file, or if you haven't got an ebook reader, a live ebook file to just flick through as you get to the day you want to, to, to read through. But as we look at prayer, we've got to make sure that we don't fool ourselves into thinking that we know everything that there is about prayer, that we can't learn anything new, that no one's going to be able to teach us something on prayer. I hear a lot of people talk about prayer and say, prayer's talking to God. And I don't disagree with that statement. But I do need to interject when I hear people say that. Because that's only a half-truth. Yeah, prayer's talking to God, but prayer's conversation. So prayer's not only talking, it's actually taking time to listen for response. What's God saying? We have to often ask. Well, actually, you've got to spend time listening to hear what he's saying. And there are a number of different types of prayer, different aspects of prayer, different angles, you could say. And we saw that as we looked at all the different petitions in the Lord's Prayer. So it can be offering praise to God, proclaiming his kingship. It can be acknowledging his purpose or, or asking for provision, seeking pardon and protection. But we can go a step further. We can simplify this a lot as well, prayer. Um, any of you who like baking or, or cooking and following recipes, you'll know a common abbreviation for teaspoon is TSP. And so we have the teaspoon prayer, where we come first to say thank you, then we say sorry, 
And lastly, we say please. You can't forget that, can you? Teaspoon, simple. Thank you, sorry, please. And that's the pattern of prayer that we should always have in our minds. We say thank you, God. We say sorry. And then we say please for the things that we are going to need. And in my experience, when I ask people, what are you thankful for? There isn't a great response. Much less of a response than if I say, what can we pray for? What can we be praying for you for? People are all about the the please and so much less about the giving thanks. We have to have in our minds the things that we want to give thanks for. So when someone says, what are you thankful for? Boom, you've got it. You can tell them. Because God's calling us to be thankful. And we've got to draw on that and share that so that other people too can get used to sharing what they are thankful for. We've got to model it so that they and us can gain faith. If we think about it, if people share the things that God's doing in their lives, the things they're thankful for, that births faith in other people. Because prayer, prayer is about thanksgiving and all prayer should lead to thanksgiving because God responds to prayer and we should give thanks for the response that we have got. All the things that he's done in the past. All the things that he's doing in the present. They remind us that he's faithful and that he's going to continue to do those things going forward into the future. We've got to have a sense of gratitude when we come in prayer. Because remember, prayer is two-way conversation. We've got to get away from a notion that God doesn't want us to listen to him or that God only wants us to be speaking in prayer and not paying attention to what his response to us is. In uh, John 10, Jesus tells us he is the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd and my sheep know me and I know my sheep. And I remember when I went to, to Ephesus, I came back, when I say I came back, I went back to England where I lived at the time um, with an icon from my dad of Jesus with a lamb over his shoulders and he was holding the legs. And, and it was just, it really struck me as the image and Jesus is the shepherd. And how, how do we not long to be that lamb that he carries? Okay, but if we want to be that lamb that he carries, that means we know him. That means he knows us. And Jesus goes on to say, and my sheep know my voice. So anyone who says, I follow Jesus, you know, I, I, I proclaim him as Lord, He's my savior, but then say, I can't hear what God's saying. There's a disconnect. There's a big disconnect. Remember, scripture is God's words to us. And Jesus says, you can hear my voice. If you're one of my sheep, you can hear my voice. 
So what is he saying to you today? What is he calling you to next? And if we're absolutely clear about when I say, and when Scripture refers to us as his sheep, hearing his voice, it can be in a multitude of different ways. But anything that we think we are hearing is going to be backed up by Scripture, by the written word, because nothing that God reveals to us today will be contrary to his revelation in the written word. Scripture, if we are going to, like we looked at a couple weeks ago, if we're going to stand on the word of God and we're going to recognize it as being his words for us, then we're not going to go against that. And Hebrews writers, you know, they tell us God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's always the same. So he isn't going to change the message that he's giving his people. The how he gives it, that might change. So how do you hear from God? How do you hear about his character? How do you know that you are a loved child of God? Okay, yes, we read his word, his words to us in scripture. And we've got that to hold on to. But does he draw you to that? As you spend time in prayer, do you wait on him and hear a scripture verse that maybe you need to go and look up. Or some people actually hear an audible voice. And yeah, you tell people that and those people who don't get it will think you're crazy and you're hearing voices. I used to have a t-shirt that said, I do what the voices tell me. Yeah? And kind of scratched the S off. It's I do what the voice tells me. Yeah? God is speaking to his people. Are we listening? Are we tuning in? Are we actively engaging in spending time and waiting on him? He's always the same. He doesn't change. And he speaks to his people. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can hear his voice. There is no ifs or buts. And if we think of a couple of different examples of prayer from Scripture, um, some for you to go away and read and reflect on, because if I actually spent time talking about them now, you'd miss dinner. Um, but John 17, Jesus' prayer for all believers. Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 for the church. Prayers which talk about God's glory being the purpose. Prayers which talk about instilling love so that we can show love. Prayers which talk about imitating Jesus. But the, 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 the prayer that I really want to dig into a little bit today um, is that of Psalm 40. Um, Psalm 40, the devotion this morning, it picked up a little bit on this but I only touched on the first few verses. I'm going to dig into it a little bit more. Um, but why have I chosen this psalm? Because it is both thanksgiving and petition. 
There are not many psalms in Scripture that are both thanksgiving and petition. We get many thanksgiving psalms and we get many petition psalms, but this one kind of brings them together. Um, and it's the psalm of David, and, and he's writing away in verse 1 to 3, the beginning of it. We'll read it for you now. Um, really emphasizes this, this idea of waiting. So I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. See, out of David spending time waiting, I waited patiently on the Lord, he says. What happens? He receives blessing. He, please, he receives a blessing four times. Four different blessings. Pick them out. He says what? He says, he drew me out of a desolate pit. So in waiting, David is drawn out of the pit. In waiting, he has his feet set up on a rock he has his steps made secure. And then lastly, he has a new song put in his mouth. A new song of praise put in his mouth. What happens when we wait on God? We receive from him. When was the last time you spent time waiting on the Lord? Verses 4 and 5 Remind us that those who do wait, that those who truly come and, and, and declare Yahweh as the one true God, as king of the cosmos, as Lord, they tell us that leads us to abundant life that Jesus speaks of. Yeah, verses 4 and 5. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray, after false gods. You have multi multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Comes back to that idea of our thanksgivings, the need to share our thanksgivings. We can't count them. But because we can't count them doesn't mean we shouldn't count them. Or at least try to count them and share them. Next time someone says, what are you thankful for? Be ready to give an answer. Be ready. Waiting on the Lord in today's world can be difficult can be difficult because we make it difficult, not because it's a difficult thing to do. We don't think there's enough time. We're in a fast-paced life. We've, we're far too busy. We're too busy to sit still and wait in the presence of God. Because we're told that the opposite is what we need to be. Productive. And we don't see production in waiting. 
We need to see what's the, what's the value in it. What's the outcome? What can I show for my time? What am I doing? And if I'm honest, we need to spend less, less time doing and more time being. Yeah? Many of you have heard that phrase. We're not human doings, we're human beings. So don't do. Sit and be. Be with God. Sit at his feet. Dwell in his presence. As we walk through this season of Lent, we are constantly reminded of our need to to lessen ourselves. We're we're reminded of our need for self-sacrifice. For creating space for God to come and, and do stuff in our lives. And I don't know how many here have kind of in the practice of giving things up for Lent. Um, I was challenged by my daughter to give up gummy sweets, which is really hard. Really hard. But I told her, okay, yeah, but she's doing it too. So we're together doing this this task. Um, we, 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 some people say we cheat because we have feast days through Lent. And Sunday is a feast day. Okay, so today I get to eat gummies when I get home. And, and she's just did a little dance because she's like, yeah, that means I do too. <laughs> but that's what we get to do. We get to feast on a Sunday as we journey through Lent. Don't overdo it. Um, you know, some people choose not to engage in the Sunday feasting, and that's fine too. But we have got to get in this practice of discipline, okay? Fasting is just a discipline. What does it do? Does it give us any power? No, it doesn't give us any power. But it leads us to the strength that we find in Christ. So if we give something up in Lent, for example, well, then we know in time of trial where we need to separate ourselves from something, we know we can do it. We can do it because we've proven that we can. Start with something small. doesn't matter what it is. If you can do that, you can give up anything in God's strength. That's what all a discipline is. Whatever that discipline is, whether it's taking up fasting, whether it's uh, spending more time in Scripture, whether it's solitude. Um, and if you want to know more about dis- disciplines, go and read Richard Foster. Uh, Celebration of Discipline. Great book. And it'll just teach you so much more. See, God is always the same, He doesn't change. And he wants relationship with us. But think about relationship. Relationship is two-way. Conversation has got to be two-way. Otherwise, what's the point? What is the point? Because if we want to grow closer to God, if you really want to grow closer to him, you've got to spend time with him. 
You've got to spend time with him because, like I just said, relationships are important, right? Think of the best relationship you have here on earth. Would it still be the best relationship if all you did was talk and never listen? I'm reminded of something one of, <laughs> one of my friends used to say. Um, whenever somebody wouldn't stop talking about themselves, he would say, enough about you. Let's talk about you. And, you know, some people would get annoyed by it, and some people, it would go over their heads, and they'd carry on talking about themselves. And, and it's just, I really feel like God is saying to us, he's crying out for us to take a breath, to stop talking. I mean, like a slap around the head, shut up. Spend some time listening to what I want to tell you, my dear child. Let me talk to you. And David did that when he waited patiently. And it led to those awesome blessings coming out of the pit, out of the miry bog, having something firm on which to place his feet and having that new song put in his mouth, that testimony of praise to God. And this awesome blessing that we see, I mean, this really drilled home when we look at verse 6. Because it says, sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. See, it's not about making a sacrifice when our hearts are not in the right place. Your heart's got to be in it, whatever you're doing. And John Goldingay, who's a great um, Old, uh, Old Testament scholar, when he's commentating on this psalm, he says that um, while mere words are cheap, mere offerings are mute. As words need offerings, offerings need words that give, that give account to other people of the way that God has answered prayer so that they function as testimony. Don't just be thankful inside. Be thankful outside. Be outwardly thankful for the things that God has done, is doing in your life. Because the more you share that, the more you will believe that he will continue to do them and live into those promises that he has for you in the future. And for us, I guess one of the things that we most align with uh, sacrifice today is communion. Okay? And coming to receive because of the sacrifice that Christ had made. But what about our sacrifice? Now, we're taught before we come to receive the sacrament, we should go through a period of confession. So confession really is the modern-day sacrifice. And, and from next week, we're going to, in our gatherings, introduce something a little different. And we're going to, before 
we come to receive the sacrament at a break time in the, in, in, in the, in the, in the gathering. We're going to offer a time for confession. And that's for some people that'll be sat by themselves in quiet solitude prayer. For others, it might be that they want to come and be prayed over and, and just speak out their confession. Because there's so much power in speaking those words. Because then those words no longer hold over us. The enemy can no longer use them because they're no longer this secret that's inside of us. Speaking it out releases the power. And James tells us, confess your sins to one another. So next week, we're going to have that opportunity to be prayed with and to be reminded of God's forgiveness. See, we have got to be going through confession like we looked at on Ash Wednesday in order to step into repentance and then in order to live into belief. Because if we don't go through confession, we can't actually really believe all that God's got for us. One of those signs of life. If you think in biology, and I've got a biology teacher looking at me right now. <laughs> His ears picked up. <laughs> um, in biology, and I don't know if this is taught in American schools or not, but seven signs of life. Movement, respiration, sensitivity, growth, reproduction, excretion, and nutrition. And that's the same in our spiritual life. And confession, you could say, is spiritual excretion. Okay? It's, it's, it's getting rid of the crap from our lives. Laying it out there so it can be cleaned away by God. And he can move on with us. And we can walk with him. It's vitally important as we walk with him that we're obedient to his word. Okay? Because it's his written word. It's the word that is written. It's the laws that are written by which we abide. Yeah? Reminded of Alex's song. The laws by which we abide. That's what he's calling us to do. And here David says, you've given me an ear, an open ear. A way to tune in to what God is saying. And the question is, for us, are our ears open? Or to use that ear analogy, is there, is there too much wax in there for the message to get through or to be dulled down? What's the, what's the equivalent of, a, of, of having your ears syringed spiritually so that you can hear the message that God has for you? See, the psalm, it goes on. David goes on to say, I delight in your word. He says, I delight in your scroll." And delight isn't a word that's used that often in Scripture in this way. But he delights in it. But he delights not only in what it's for him, but he delights in sharing it for others. Because then it's not a blessing that's just for him. It's the blessed to be a blessing. 
receive to give, not to keep. Not hiding salvation within. But speaking of this faithfulness, of, of speaking of salvation, speaking of your steadfast love, it says there, verses 10. And then we get into verse 11, where there's a bit of a turn here. There's a, there's a turn from, from having gone through this, this thanksgiving into, into looking at now requesting, petitioning God and saying, please, requesting that the Lord show mercy, that the Lord, pleading that the Lord love, that he's faithful, and David says, I want that to be on my lips. Once again, to show, to remind me of what's, what's happened so that I can call on it. Because evil is surrounding me, he says. My iniquities are overtaking me so that I cannot see. How often have you been there? Where you feel crammed in and you need to be reminded of all that God has done for you so that you can live into what he's going to do for you. If we don't excrete spiritually, if we don't get rid of the junk, then we can't move forward. When we come in prayer, we're saying, thank you, God, for all that you've done. Sorry for the stupid stuff I've done. And please help me move on. And then again, that cycles round to thank you for your forgiveness and your mercy and your love and your steadfast faithfulness. That's all what David's saying here in this psalm. It's a great example of what waiting on the Lord can lead to. And the blessings that can come from having done so. And then he asks, he asks God, he says, remind me, remind me. Remind me of what you've done, of this faithfulness, of this love. That's what we need to be doing in our prayers. We need to be saying, Lord, remind me. Bring to mind the things that you've done for me in the past. Maybe the words that have been spoken over me so that I can live into them, so that I can truly move forward in relationship with you, so that I can count it once again. I want to kind of do a little preamble, if you will, slightly different to help prepare us for the next few weeks when we're going to offer the, this time of confession. Um, and I want to conclude now today's message by inviting you all to read with me for yourself the end of this psalm, verses 13 through 17. They should be prepared on the slides, Gino, for the come, come in. Uh, so let's read those, read those together. We got the slides ready, Gino? There you go. Be blessed, O Lord. 
to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let all those be put to shame and confusion who seek to snatch away my life. Let those he turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. So just now, before we have another song, we're going to sing a kind of version of the Lord's Prayer, which Paul's written. I just want you to take some time. Just sit in the quiet. Listen for what God is saying to you. And if this isn't kind of a custom for you, you just, just pray. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak. I'm listening. I want to hear you. And you might hear an audible voice. You might be taken to a passage of Scripture. Look it up. See what God's saying to you in that. You might receive a picture of something and, you know, you might not really know what that's about. Whatever it is, let the revelation come. And don't worry about interpreting it if the interpretation doesn't come, because that will come in time. But just receive from him what he's got for you right now. And I'll be available after if you want to talk about any of it. Or you can come and find me during communion. I don't, I don't mind. Just spend time and hear what God's got for you. Because if you're one of his sheep, you can hear his voice. No ifs or buts. He's speaking. Are you ready to listen? Take some time.